Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks, and I hope you realize this is a wonderful Friday. Um, and I could not ask for, uh, I think, a better a better way to close the week. There is boatloads, I mean literally boatloads of information that will be coming out in the MLM Network Marketing News Report later today. Uh, crazy, wonderful stuff as the new year takes off. So you're going to want to be on that. Uh, you're going to want to watch that. You're going to also want to be on Aces Radio Live tonight. Jim Gilhouse and I will be kicking it up a notch. And I am proud to announce that we have now officially launched the Home Business Radio Network. It is now being aired internationally and is one of the fastest growing, I mean, I am blown away at this, uh, one of the fastest growing radio networks, the hosts that are on that show. I've been li- uh, listening to it live just in the background as I hear some of this great stuff. Uh, yours truly, I am blessed to have been uh, asked and I accepted last year to be their news director. Uh, so we have got a lot of news that is happening over there. If you don't like listening to the long news reports that I do on Friday, uh, you can pick up a little five-minute newscast, and uh, later next month we'll launch a 15-minute news report coming out on a daily basis. Uh, it's great to see what's happening in the home-based business arena, not just network marketing. And that's going to be the fun part. Next week I do a report, a beautiful review, not because I'm doing it, but because of this company. This company is a home-based business company. They have a, a compensation plan, but it's what we call a single-level uh, it goes back to you going out there and building something you can be proud of, not worrying about a network, not worrying about taking and having to lead or manage people. And sometimes, let's just be realistic, you decide, I don't want to do that. I just want to go out there and take care of my family. Hey, more power to you. I'm going to start broadcasting on some companies that are out there just for you where you can do that. It's going to be fun. But today, we are digging deep into a, an area that, man, i got to tell you, this has probably been my weakest area in life. I can look down the barrel of a gun. I can sit across the table for millionaires. I can negotiate deals with union chiefs. But when it comes to financial intelligence, that was my weakness. And I took years and years of learning this. I ended up with Primerica and was able to help individuals. And I still, through all of this, have my own weaknesses. Went bankrupt twice with the latest one being last year. And I tell people all the time, I could point fingers like everybody else. My first one, I could blame 100% on on Tess's surgery and what we had to pay the doctor. But the reality is we, we just spent all our money. We bought new cars and, and all that stuff. The second bankruptcy, I could I could say was, well, it's the oil spill. It's the downside of the economy, the the business that we were running locally, it was a it was a dry cleaning mobile uh, delivery route. You know, I ended up having our, our plant overcharges because they decided to become competitors. I could blame it. It's me. I over leveraged. I thought, man, it's going to turn around. I'll just I'll just use this credit card for business expenses. There's no excuse when you know what you should do and you don't do it. So I'm to blame. I'm the, I'm the center spoke in the wheel in both cases. And that's why when I got to this chapter, I wrote some extra notes because it really it really hit home with me. You know, we live in a beautiful area here on an, on an island in the panhandle of Florida. 
Our family had no debt at all. Paige is not part of my bankruptcy. It was all on the business side. I look at people around me, and they live this paycheck-to-paycheck type deal. And I think, man, I, I, I could be right in there with them. Orton starts this chapter off. He says, financial literacy and management is as valuable, if not more so, than the ability to earn income. As a person moves from business achievements to public achievements, they will find that their ability to make money increases. The question is, how are you going to manage it? See, for years, and Orrin talks about this in this chapter, for years I've been on my soapbox yelling at the network marketing arena that it doesn't matter how much money you make, that all of these these people that they parade across the stage that they're giving the gigantic bonus checks to, none of that matters. What matters is how much of it you're keeping, how much of it's been put away, how much money is how much money of how much of it are you saving? One of my mentors earned more money than most people in history in network marketing. Sold his company for a half a billion dollars built a mansion that was 43,000 square feet. I think when you add all the square footage to it, it was about three or 4,000 square feet larger than the White House. And today has zero, has none of it. So it's not about how much you make, it's how much you keep. And the only way you're going to learn how to, how to keep it is to develop your financial intelligence. In other words, as Orrin writes here, Learning to spend less than one makes for an extended period of time is the only way to generate wealth. But doing this requires principles that most people do not enjoy, like delayed gratification, learning to say no even when the person has the money to say yes. Then he writes something in here that's pretty profound, but yet it's very simple to understand. Debt enslaves people to the urgent, forcing long-term planning and development to fall down on the list of priorities. But a quick look at the Founding Fathers revealed that most of them had the financial means allowing them to spend years working on developing themselves, their community, their culture, and eventually a nation. They weren't in dead-end careers with no time or money left to concentrate on significance. I thought that was profound because that's where we should be. We use plastic all the time. I have one of us. Now, i got to admit, all I have left now are debit cards, so that's a benefit. But here's some statistics that Orrin quotes in here from some people. It says, students graduate with an average of 23000 in loans and 4000 on credit cards. It says people spend 12 to 18% more when they use credit cards than when cash. McDonald's alone found that the average transaction went from $4.50 to $7 if a, if a customer was allowed to use plastic instead of cash. I found that interesting. It says personal savings as a percentage of disposable income was 3% in August of 2009 compared to 4% in just July of that year. There's over 181 million Americans that have credit cards. At the end of 2008, America's credit card debt was $972 billion. 
add that to the actual debt that we owe the gov- we're, we're owed because we own the government. People don't realize that. That's a whole other training. But we, we, we have so much debt, almost $200,000 per household, if you look at how much it would be to pay off everything. It's amazing. See, financial mastery, as Oren puts it, is an essential principle to mastering living intentionally for excellence. Let me say that again. Financial mastery is an essential principle for mastering living intentionally for excellence. Huge. How can you go out there and do anything of significance? How can you live your your purpose? How can you fulfill your objectives? If you have no no money to be able to help you do that, you have nothing. You can't live an abundant life. I'm not talking about just from finances. I'm saying you cannot be content in life if you have that stress all the time of the financial woes. It just flat sucks. So how do you go about it? What do you do? Orrin's developed ten principles. I went through all these principles, and, and they're phenomenal. Now listen. I'm going to throw in another phenomenal book that will help you out right now. It's called The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. It's a it's a play-by-play just of what Orrin's going to talk about in these ten principles right here. It's a phenomenal way to get you and your wife's life, or you and your significant other, or if you're single, just you, back on line. He's got another great book, The Financial Peace University. It's a, It's a little bit more in-depth. Good friend of mine. I love what he does. He's a good catalyst leader. Supports us like crazy. If you're into leadership, he's got a great book called Entre Leadership. I'm going to try to get Orrin to get that book and get it out there and into the hands of his life members because I think it's phenomenal. It goes right with what he's talking about. But I want to dig deep in here and look at these principles and the time that we have left. And I hope that in 15, 20 minutes we can get through them all. They're, they're powerful. Principle number one, write this down. In order to gain control of finances, you've got to accurately identify what one makes in net income. You've got to know your net, not your gross. It's not about how much you make, it's how much you keep. That means after everything's paid off, how much money do you have at the end of the month? You know that old adage, i got too much month at the end of the money. I think they made a country song about that once. See, all that matters is the net income because your net income is what you have in your hand that you can pay for things. You can pay off your debt. You can put it in savings. You can pay your tithe. You can give to a charity. You have to know what your net income is. Orrin says, the goal is to determine the amount of net income that a person has available to make their life decisions. That's pretty powerful. If you're going to raise out of that financial garbage pile, that, that dung heap, if you will, then you've got to be keeping score financially. I, I suggest using QuickBooks or Quicken or something like that, Microsoft Money, whatever it is you have. But you need to do something. I, I don't think just keeping it in paper is going to work. I think you need to go above and beyond that. You need to, you need to have something electronically that's synced up so that you can pay attention to every detail. You, they, they've got apps now that you can put on these smartphones to where when you when you make a purchase, you can put it right in there. It's not a big problem. The second principle is documenting all expenses. 
Now, now here's going to be the kicker for some of us. I happen to be a Starbucks fan. I've written, I, I've, I've got stock in the company. I have every book that Howard Schultz wrote, and I, I drink enough coffee at Starbucks that I am a gold card member. Now, when I load my card, because it's a debit card, when I load my card, I'm taking that out of an account. I'm putting it into my debit card. I'm sure other people, not debit card, but my gift card that I use at Starbucks, my gold card. Now, if you guys do that at Panera Bread or anywhere else where you've got a customer reward card like that, you need to make sure you're documenting when you spend that money and then you move more money onto that card. I'm telling you, I can't go into all these details. This would be a whole training just on this one chapter. But it's important. You've got to document. See, anything that flows out, my wife uses... Uh, Dave Ramsey's envelope system. And every month I, 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 I take the money that we allot to ourselves from our corporation, I put it into her account for the family expenses. She takes that money and she divvies it up in the envelopes, and that's how the money gets that's paid. She's got the house payments, insurance, groceries, gas. She's got kids' allowance, all that stuff. You have to do the same thing. It's the only way you're going to be able to keep track. Everything gets written down. You've got to know exactly what it is that you're doing. Otherwise, how the heck are you going to know where you're blowing your money at? There's a difference between blowing it, spending it, and investing it, and saving it. Third principle, set financial goals focusing on reducing expenses and increasing income. See, one of the things that you can do is if you lower your expenses, that means you've got more cash at the end of the month. Some people in this economy are in a sector where there's on a pay freeze. They're, they're not going to get a raise. If that's the case, you have to look at your expenses. Do you really need to be drinking all that wine and all that beer? Think about it. I'm not telling you to quit. Okay, this is between you and, and, and your value system, your principles, what you want to do. I'm not here to be your moral judge. I'm just saying, do you need to drink as much? Do you need to drink as many cigarettes? Do you need to go out there and have as many pieces of pie? Could you could you switch how many times a month you eat out? Maybe maybe instead of going to fast food, you go to a, a a fresh market of some kind, one of those Whole Foods, you know, something like that, and you get some fresh food that's less money. You're still not having to prepare it if that's if that's the gig, and you don't want to have to do that. This is what I did when I was in financial services. I showed people how we could free up money for them to invest by just lowering some of those instant gratification, some of those vices that we have. Maybe you're a waitress and you like to, to take all that tip money, put it in a jar, and once a month go over to Vegas or Biloxi or, or maybe the riverboat and go gambling. What if you took that money to pay off some of your long-term debt or some of your short-term debt? These are the ideas. This is why you have to have the financial goal of reducing expenses and increasing the income. See, it's important that we focus on this, or you'll never be able to finish what you're trying to get done. That's the key. We have to be able to accomplish what we're trying to do. The fourth principle, and I think this can really radically change our uh, everything if we if we apply it, and that's to never 
to finance anything that depreciates. Now, I can tell you that in the old days, we didn't do that. When we went through our first bankruptcy with, when, when Tesla was really ill, we'd financed all of our cars, brand new Windstar right off the line. I had a, I had a, I didn't get the Windstar. I had a really cool uh, emerald green escort station wagon because I was in sales. I needed that. I had all my stuff in the back when I went around to, to help people in their financial picture. See how I said I needed that? But I didn't really. That was the problem. But we financed it to the hilt. Financed a $4,000 sewing machine for Paige and a bunch of other stuff that we did. Went on several trips that year. Nowadays, we don't finance anything. We've got a 2004 uh, um, Ford Excursion sitting in the driveway. Paid cash for that a couple years ago. Got a 1995 Windstar sitting in the driveway that we have. Got a 95 Ranger just because I won't give it up because I love four-wheeling. It's not that we couldn't go buy a new car. We just don't. And the kids have never financed any of their vehicles. They know they got to pay cash because we've learned about that de- that that dead-end hole you get into. Just don't want to go through that. So you, you've got to learn. Now, some of you may be saying, but Troy, we don't have a choice. We wouldn't even have a car. Okay, then finance as little as you have to and pay it off as fast as you can. When we looked at our house, we put 20% down to buy this home. That's several, That's tens of thousands of dollars that we put down on this house. Nowadays, part of the problem with the economy is that nobody was putting any money down, and they walked away from it because they didn't care. They had no skin in the game. I'm not going to give up. Well, now I'm not going to give up the equity that we have in our house because it's substantial, but I sure wasn't going to walk away from the down payment. So you got to do the best you can, as fast as you can, to get out. Dave Ramsey's got a saying like this. You've got to live like nobody else is living in order to live like nobody else will be able to live. Now, I paraphrase that, but that's the deal. If you will sacrifice today when everybody else isn't, then when you get ready to retire, you'll have cash in the bank. Do you realize there's several hundred thousand millionaires in America today that didn't make any more money than you did? What they ended up doing, though, and this was the difference, is that they put money away. They actually saved their money. And that's what most people won't do. And that's what you have to do. Principle number five, set a price limit on spontaneous buys. Paige is phenomenal at this. Because she has everything in an envelope, she just doesn't go out and buy stuff. She's got it allotted out where it needs to be in doing what she has to do. If it's going to be a gigantic purchase, sleep on it. Don't just go test drive the car, bring it home, and 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 think, oh man, I love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. And don't fall trap. Here's the trap. Hey, why don't you guys take the car, keep it overnight, take it for a drive, take your wife out to eat, get up in the morning and bring it back. Here's what's happening. You're driving it home. You're sleeping on it. You probably say, man, honey, we don't really need this. And then you get back into it. Mmm, that that new smell of the car. That. The cool, oh, the seats are warm. I was I was in an Escalade over the weekend. If you can pay cash for it, great. If you can't, leave it at the dealership. Come on home and think about it. One of the things that Paige wants to do right now, she wants to get a, a travel trailer 
so that we've, we've got a nice trailer because she wants to go traveling with me when I go to company events and do some things. Well, we're going to look at them, and then we're going to sleep on it, and then we're going to pray about it, and then we're going to put the money in the bank, and we're going to see where we're at. I mean, that's what you've got to do. We're not going to go buy one today if somebody thought we were and we aren't. The sixth principle, very important. If a person discovers, this is how Orrin writes this, that he spends more money than he use, when he uses a credit card, then cut them up and get rid of them. Now, I'm just going to tell you up front, I'm going to disagree with Orrin on this. I believe... If you've got a credit card, period, you need to cut it up. There's a lot of places out there, and, and, and this is what you're going to see. Troy, I can't cut up my credit card. I've got to travel internationally. I've got to, I got to have it for hotels. I don't want them to, to take it off my debit card. It screws up my bank account. Great. Here's what you do. You can go to perk, perkstreet.com. Look, I'm not even using an affiliate here. Just go to perkstreet.com. You can get a debit card that pays you back. I think it's 2% of all your purchases. Set up a Perk Street account, and that's going to be your travel fund. If you know you're going to travel, if you know that, that the hotel is going to want to have that incidental that goes on there, you know, and all that crap, then you just start setting up your little Perk Street, and that's going to be, quote, unquote, your travel envelope, and you just put everything into that. Get rid of the credit card. Dave Ramsey travels internationally all the time. Perk Street's what he uses. It works phenomenal. That's why I'm giving it to you. Don't give me the excuse, oh, I can't. Get rid of the daggum credit cards. There's not a credit. There's not a reason for a credit card. Matter of fact, I will guarantee you the hotel will take cash, even though that will freak them out. They will take cash from you. Matter of fact, if they say we have an incidental charge, you say how much is it? And they say fifty bucks. You say here's a fifty dollar bill. You ever seen one of these? Plain and simple. That's all you got to do. The seventh principle: wipe out all consumer debt. You hear everybody say you need a 700 score on your credit score. No, you don't. You need zero. Period. There's no re- there is no logical reason to have a credit score. Period. If you're living by these principles, because you're going to be saving up your money. I guarantee you. Walk into a bank. They pull your credit report, and you have no credit history, and you lay down forty thousand dollars to buy a home, like we did here in Destin. And they don't give a rip if you were bankrupt just a year before. They're going to take your money. They're going to finance the house because they're going to win. There's not a car dealer out there who cares about your credit score. When you go in and say, I'm just going to write you a check for this. Matter of fact, it puts more negotiation in your pocket. Wipe out the credit card debt. Don't listen to all these people tell you got to have a credit score, because you don't. That's that's actually that's 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 what I call new age thinking. Not not like you guys are thinking, but credit scores didn't even come into play until the seventies. That's when we went off the gold standard and we started we started going out there and letting the, everything float, and we got credit cards and all that. I can guarantee you, if you're, if you're old enough to remember, you remember the Diners Club, and everybody had to have a Diners Club. Everybody was so excited. The eighth principle. Know the difference between an investment and an expense. And I'll take it one step further. You need to know the difference between an investment, a savings, and an expense. If you're investing, that's different than saving. That's different than an expense. 
I have several investments, most of them in network marketing companies. I believe in supporting the industry, the profession, the community in which I live. I also, I don't own a car that's not an American-made car. If you look at my Facebook page, you'll see that it's a Ford GT. I believe that every network marketing company, now this is just me ranting, I shouldn't be worried about giving away Beamers because Ford sold that company. They shouldn't be worried about Mercedes. They should be buying the top-end luxury cars made in America to show that we want to put jobs back in America. Now, that's just me ranting a little bit on my political platform. But you need to know the difference between an investment. Ben Franklin said this, an investment in knowledge always pays the best interest. I love that. Now, listen, we're talking about we're talking about lowering expenses. We're talking about knowing the difference between an investment and expense. And I, this, is, this is going to be, matter of fact, if any of my critics or any of Orange's critics are listening, they're going to they're gonna use this as a sound bite. They just aren't going to tell you that, that that's what I just said. See, when you're trying to get your act together, that doesn't mean you stop developing in yourself. That doesn't mean that you stop buying books and CDs and going to events. Now, you may be sitting there, especially our critics, saying, oh, I knew it. That's how you guys are funding your ability to do radio shows and to sell more CDs. Not at all. Here, let me give you an example. I have never, ever missed a Catalyst conference in the last 12 years. I won't miss this year. But it's expensive to go. I got I got to spend a couple 300 bucks on tickets because I usually take one of my kids. Actually, it's been Dalton all except one year. And then I know I'm going to have to I'm going to have to. That's not a it's not a want, it's a need. I'm going to have to pick up some some of the new training that's there whether it's from John Maxwell, whether it's Jim Collins, Seth Godin, Craig Rochelle, Andy Stanley, doesn't matter who it is, got to pick it up. Dave Ramsey's new book. Now, I know I'm going to get some free stuff, but I know I'm going to be spending some money, especially on the experience kit, because it's going to have all the goodies. I'm going to come back with drop cards so that I can download all of the big events that are there, and I can, I can have it right here with me. I can give away the drop cards to other people that I believe are, are worthy of them. And the first couple, three years, I'd walk away spending I don't know, anywhere from 1000 to $1,500, not counting my hotel room, my gas, and the ticket. And then, I, and then I realized, man, this is expensive. You know what I did? I got a hold of Catalyst. said, hey, is there any way I can, like, volunteer for the event and, and be able to come without buying a ticket but, but serve? And they said, man, we have a need for about 350 volunteers every year. And, and, and although we're going to need you, you know, more than, we'll be more than happy to let you set in on at least some of the, of the speakers. I said, that is great. Put me down and put my son down. Now we take a group with us. And, you know, I volunteer for more. I'm going to volunteer for the Orange Conference coming up in April. Do you realize you can do that? Matter of fact, if you're listening today and you say, man, I'm interested in this life business, do you know that, that life and team, they have volunteers at their big events and you may be able to work a deal? Now, I don't think it's going to count for your PV or any of that, but isn't it about personal development, more about the money anyway? Get a hold of Rob or some of his staff up there corporate and talk to them about this. There's always a way. Don't make the excuse, I can't afford it. 
I don't care if you're buying life products, team products, Orrin Woodward's products, my products. Listen, here's what I want you to do. Go out there and find a way. There's so much free stuff you can get now. Matter of fact, Orrin and I are going to be working up some stuff, and we're going to make some of his stuff, I think, free for you to listen to. There's some great stuff here that you can do, doggone it. But don't think that investing in yourself is an expense because it's not. It's something you have to focus on. That's why you've got to know the difference between an investment and an expense. Number nine, the ninth principle is focus on quality of life and peace of mind when you become wealthy. I, I want to change that just a little bit. Orrin may spank me. He'll probably call me up or fly up here and, and bust my chops a little bit. But listen, I, I, here's what I would say on, on number nine. Okay, Focus on the quality of life and peace of mind on your way to becoming wealthy. Don't just wait. Get rid of the crappy stress and realize there's some things you just can't change in life. You need to enjoy the life that God has given you today, not be waiting until tomorrow. And the tenth principle as we close out the show for the week is that when one gets wealthy, remember to be a blessing to others. That is so powerful to me. Don't hoard your freaking money. There's not a financially successful person in America today that hoards their cash. Matter of fact, from Bill Gates to... Warren Buffett, these guys are have now set up a foundation to give away. They're challenging other financially independent people to give away 70 to 90% of their income. I used to think that was nuts until I realized that just 10% of their income would last my family for a lifetime. Think about that one for a while. I love this book. It uh, Some rock-solid res- resolutions in here. Monday, number nine, I resolved to develop the art and science of leadership. Now, I can guarantee you guys have been on my show long enough to know that is one of my favorite subjects. We will have a blast. Have a phenomenal weekend. I will see you back here Monday morning on RealMentorsRadio.com.